Welcome to the Signal Mountain Bible Church Men's Vision Cast. Men encouraging men to live alive to the King and engaged with those the King has given us to, one day at a time. All right, men of SNBC, uh, we want to welcome you to the next installment of Vision Cast. And this is Louis Belva, and I am here along with John Reniger. We are pros. So we are hitting on all cylinders here today. Uh, and it's exciting to come and get to talk to you with John um, to talk to you about, we just really wanted to talk to you about God's Word and uh, not in a technical sense uh, where we're kind of laying out here's what you should do or have to do, but really wanted to talk about more of God's impact on our lives. And um, John, when, when did God's Word become first become kind of important and impactful in your life? That was when I was 21, fifth year of college, and it's when I became a Christian. At that point, uh, the first time I was given a Bible and started looking at it, I read the first sentence and came to a two and was looking for the footnote. Okay. And looking at the next <laughs> sentence. So at, at 21 years old, I, I had no knowledge. And so when I became a Christian and opened up, it was just, it was just life. It was exciting to start reading, to start learning. And uh, right away, I just... I, I, I wanted to get into this and study, and uh, very soon I started reading some commentaries, uh, which maybe are not the best thing always, mm-hmm. but what it's as I started studying, I realized there's enough here to keep you going for your whole life, and you never reach the bottom of this. Do you remember, do you remember what the first passage you read was? <laughs> gospel of John. Oh, was it really? <laughs> yes. uh, John is teaching the Gospel of John right now. And do you remember... Uh, I'm always fascinated by this. Do you do you remember what immediate impact it had on you? It was uh, it was just a part of an immediate transformation for me. Um, uh, I lived in a house with a bunch of guys, and uh, usually they were coming in on Sunday morning at uh, whatever hour from the night before, and I changed so that I was leaving on Sunday morning to go to church. So it was a radical transformation of of living a, a very secular life in college. And and so just part of the community, the Spirit's work, the Word, all of those things came together. So it wasn't just the Word, but the Word in the context of a community, community that wanted to follow. That's awesome. I, I remember for me, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, wonderful parents who loved God's Word. God's Word was around all the time. Uh, but when I was in college, uh, probably right before I turned 21, is when God really got a hold of my life. And I remember that summer just spending, I just couldn't get enough of reading the mm-hmm. Bible. And two things stick out to me. I don't remember I don't remember the initial book I jumped into, probably Matthew. I'm assuming I just jumped into the New Testament, you know, and, and Matthew and just started reading. Uh, but the thing that jumped out to me is I was a pseudo-adult at 20 years old, um, was the things that had formed in my mind as a young child about the Bible were not quite accurate. I remember as I started reading the Bible um, holistically, as in like reading through the whole Gospel of Matthew, the whole book of Philippians, and not just opening up and looking for a verse, that I just found these truths that just started jumping off the page, you know. Um, and then probably foolishly, I mean, God is sovereign, and it's it's it was good, but 
I got almost immediately put in charge of a Bible study. Here I went from like literally one weekend being crazy uh, to the next weekend just loving God's Word. Um, and soon after that, um, was the head of a Bible study. But that had a major impact on me when I was, the, the difference between as I started studying to teach or studying to um, try to share versus just personal study, the, the, the digging in the passage and really trying to figure out what is this, what does this mean in context and what does this mean for other people? John, when was the first time you started teaching God's Word in a formal, I guess a formal sense? Uh, in a formal sense, uh, probably within months of when I became a Christian. Really? Yeah, and was invited to do that, and and uh, it was the beginning stages, and and you learn fairly quickly. I'm sure you've learned in your preaching and pastoral role. It can become easy to study a passage for teaching, and not for what it is saying to your heart and to others' hearts. Yes. That we can look to a text and. Uh, to confirm our views or to give us mm -hmm. something to say and not really being honest with the text and, and wrestling with what is what is the fundamental meaning that is here and that would speak to every Christian. Yeah, you know, um, we've never we've never talked about this. Uh, John and I get together quite a bit and read read God's word and talk about God's word together. Um, we've never talked about this. I, I think some people assume like seminary or Bible college is just this rich time of spiritual growth because you're studying the Bible. I don't know how it was for you. For me, I learned a lot. I was well-equipped, but spiritually it was, it was probably a dry wasteland because of what you're saying. I was reading the Bible to systematize it, to put it together, um, not for personal growth, and was probably very neglectful of my own soul in the midst of that study. I don't know how I don't know how you experienced your time. Yeah. Seminary started just as a part of a just that exciting time of transformation. Actually, uh, once I became a Christian, I said I've got to study this word. I've got to study, mm -hmm. and and so six months later, I was in seminary. Oh, uh, really? And the seminary required their undergraduate courses in Bible material there. They wanted an undergraduate Bible major, really. And so I spent my first year doing all the Bible courses uh, that you'd have to do in a Christian college and, uh, and then at a seminary. And since it was, so there were, there is, but it was part of that initial excitement of becoming a believer. You're six months into this and, and you feel overwhelmed by other people's knowledge a little bit, but you're struggling. And, and so uh, to me, that that whole initial time in seminary was good, and then but then the danger comes in when you're working on degrees, and you can think of I'm trying to finish this, and the, the danger of studying for the sake of studying or to complete a course rather than studying uh, for you know what should really be happening within your life, and and that I think for all of us remains something that is there uh, through our through our lives from young to old. I agree. You know, I, you know, uh, almost a year ago now, we launched the Bible reading in a year, and one of the things that I found is that um, while I think that that is so helpful and beneficial um, to expose all of us to the whole of the whole counsel of God's word, uh, I've noticed that you know when I do something like this, there are many many days where I'm just checking the list off. It's yeah. it's almost like I feel like it's the required reading for the day versus um, something that I need. 
yeah, I can be there too. I'm, I'm following that program. And, and there are days where it is a checkoff or my, my mind is distracted and I'm, I'm having a hard time settling in. But still, that, that discipline, even when you're checking it off, is better than not doing it. It is. And it is. going on. It is. Um, but it, but there, there's a certain, when your heart is not in it and your mind is not right, there is a certain numbness that can happen in there. And it's a danger. We, we don't want to let those words just become so common uh, that they don't hold any extra significance for us so i want to go backwards but kind of maybe come back to this maybe uh so this may be an odd question um why why was it uh why was it so important for you what was the conviction from day one when you came to faith of why this book was so important there was life in it okay there was life and and that can easily be misunderstood because you know, from certain Pharisees' perspectives, the more you understood in your head, the more your life you got. And, and it's not the case for us, that it's, it's the Spirit's use of those things in our life, which uh, is life. Yeah, you know, one of the convictions that I had right away at 20 was, this is God's Word. Yeah. Like, there's, there's nothing greater. And so now, fast-forwarding back to where we were a second ago, how do you... When, when you're in those times of dryness, how do you, is, is there, how do you get yourself out of that? That one moves more toward the prayer and meditation okay. aspect, mm-hmm. and then the Word comes in. Mm-hmm. And since I know a lot of words uh, that you've read before, but it's, it's allowing, wrestling with God to get your heart right so that you can you can hear those words you've heard mm-hmm. before, and then you're you're desiring then to hear them again and hear them new mm-hmm. uh, each time, and so uh, it becomes a struggle uh, at times. And and I don't know if there's any any magic technique, but right. for me, it's it's more often with scripture sitting somewhere and, and trying to listen, trying to hear from God and God's Spirit, uh, so that the desire to study scripture is flowing from that relationship and that relationship being in a good place. Right. Yeah, no, that's 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 helpful. What what about um, you know one of the things that I um, struggle with is um, you know having four kids, um, a busy life. Um, I I have an advantage over a lot of people in that uh, um, you know I can come here to the church and do uh, do Bible reading and it's you know I get paid for it. So it's kind of easier, you know. Uh, some guys listening to this probably having a Bible open at their desk would, uh, during work hours, might be frowned upon. Um, John, as you have uh, had various careers and have raised kids and that sort of thing, when you were when you were kind of in 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 my stage of life, um, was it difficult? to to tend to that or was that something that was just very disciplined in your life or how did you how did you manage that at times there were discipline because uh we were actually within a, a step family second marriage situation right. which actually sometimes increases the tension of kids around and working with that and so there were uh varieties of ups and downs that robin and i had to work through with uh, that process and um one of the one of the things that has kept kept me stable throughout that time is just about always I've wanted to be a teacher, mm-hmm. in in classes in church, and uh, and so 
doing that kept me in the word even in the midst of dry times um and and that's you know it's it's like setting up some sort of schedule a framework maybe an accountability relationship in a sense where you have others that are helping keep you on track uh for the sake of what you're wanting to do within the church and uh have, have that was you, helpful have you always had um people that you're kind of reading the bible with whether it's whether it's a class or people coming over to the house no, not really. Okay. I mean, there, there have been sometimes Bible studies, informal or, or formal, and, and through the church, but not separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and really nothing like when we do and get together and just mm-hmm. talk about Scripture. There have been some times informally, but mm-hmm. in terms of regularly planning to study certain passages, to think about those, to talk about those, yeah. uh, not really. Yeah, I have just found it so life-giving. Um, you know, it's it's weird as a as a pastor when you're chewing on a text all week because it's kind of opposite of the Bible reading plan. You know, you, you, it may be that there's ten verses, and you know, I may read those verses thirty times, and it's just this really interesting thing of like, um, there there is a sense of going to it informationally. You know, wanting to get it right, wanting to get it right, but then. God just tends to work in your own soul and the richness of that text and the application of that in your own life is, mm-hmm. is it's just been something that is uh, just kind of boils over almost in excitement, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell the weeks that I'm not preaching, um, my time in the Word, I hate to say this, but it tends not to be as rich. I, I'm not as dependent mm-hmm. as I need to be. Yeah, even for, for my teaching in a Sunday school class, uh, one of the important things for me, preparation, is just even sitting out when the weather is good, is sitting on the porch, mm-hmm. and just sitting there with the, those small portion that you're going to be working on, and just reading them over day after day, and just reflecting, and being able to spend an hour or more just sitting there with that text, reading it and thinking through, and and forcing yourself to go slowly through the text. And try to think of how each word is connected to the next word, to the next word, and how they're building up to concepts. And it's that slowness uh, that is helpful and brings something that the morning Bible reading through our program doesn't bring when you're going through four chapters or they can be long. um, Where you can just slow down and spend time in a passage that you're knowing, you've come to know, Mm -hmm. and doing it again and again uh, at a word-by-word pace. Yeah. Let me, you know, one of the things I thought about as we were, as we were going to do this was, is, um, and I'm going to mention some recent times, and then uh, uh, I have not uh, told John what I'm going to ask, so I'll answer the question first. I was thinking about times in my life, the, the many, many times, where God's Word has just provided comfort for me in the midst of, like, turmoil. Um, uh, recently, um, you know, there was just a lot of stress um, going on in my life. And uh, uh, Psalm 20, uh, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but I trust in the Lord. That verse just really began to kind of comfort me, and God just kept affirming those verses in my life of um, really challenging me. Lewis, what are you trusting in? In, in, in these stressful times, what are you trusting in? Um, a, a verse that has... I've just constantly kind of come back to really Romans chapter 8 in many ways, but 
particularly there's there there's now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because when I'm dealing with maybe indwelling sin, shame, um, uh, those are verses that I just quote to myself and preach to myself quite a bit, you know, of of how the Lord sees me, and so there definitely in my own life one of the things that I recognize is when the struggle is real, uh, which it often is. Um, it's either it's either things that I have memorized or just that discipline of getting in the Word that all of a sudden the Lord just the Spirit brings something I'm reading to bear and just really is is comforting, um, convicting, and in my and and, and I, we, we don't have to go here, uh, but I do just want to say this, you know it's weird when the when the Word when the Spirit truly brings conviction I think comfort is always right there behind it. Because, yes. because it never convicts without the reality of the cross and the reality of hope and mercy and redemption. Mm-hmm. And so in my life, um, the Word does convict, but it's, it's, it's a sweet conviction, you know. Yeah. It's a sweet conviction. And so, so that's kind of how God's Word has—what about in, in low times maybe, or difficult times? I think of one time right off the bat, and it, it goes back to the time of the divorce mm-hmm. that I went through. And um, the divorce, there were two kids involved. Uh, and so when I found out this was happening, I uh, told there was going to be a divorce and it's separation. Um, it was an exceedingly low time. And what came with that, since I was teaching at a Christian college, I knew my job would be ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, we at that point I knew then we'd have to be selling the house, and so everything seemed to be falling apart uh, of what life was. And I remember that night after the move out, and I'm sitting in this kind of empty house, and uh, John 21 was there for me, mm-hmm. and I'd long determined before that the issue of Jesus asking Peter, do you love me, doesn't hinge on the words love, Mm -hmm. uh, but it is Jesus giving the opportunity of Peter a chance to be restored as leader. And and in my mind, um, I expected at that point, one of the lowest times in my life, you're going through divorce as a Christian, and you expect God's condemnation. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't usually hear voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, ne- never do I hear audible voices, mm-hmm. but there have been a few times where just the word comes to me, and and I was sitting there in the dark in this empty place, uh, expecting to hear God's condemnation. What I heard were the words, "Do you love me?" Yeah, that yeah. "Do you love me?" The, yes. the the issue of always calling us back to commitment to Him. That mm-hmm. even in the midst of the darkness, mm-hmm. uh, you know. We know divorce is not what is in God's will for sure. us. It happens times, um, but the idea of God there to restore and, and giving me the opportunity when I expect to feel nothing but condemnation to yeah. allow me to say, yes, God, yeah. I love you. Yeah. Can, can you imagine, um, I'm just going to answer it real shortly, I can't. Can you imagine trying to live life without the truth and comfort of God's word? No, no. <laughs> I don't know what that phone call or something was, but uh, might have been the Lord just teasing. That's a bad joke. <laughs> um, no, and and there are times I can move toward a depressed side, right? And even think of 
mm-hmm. you know, times where you can even think of in the, the midst of those low times where moving toward a suicidal kind of thing sure. would be a possibility. Sure. And without, mm-hmm. without the presence of the Lord, without the Word and the Spirit working through that, uh, that would be a much more realistic possibility. And, sure. and yeah, I, I, I wonder how some folks cope with what they're coping with if they don't have that resource. Yeah, you know, I was, um, I was even, I was thinking back to the sermon this past Sunday. Um, um, you know, as Ken was sharing with us, and uh, t- two things kind of sticking out. You know, his his use of uh, the the plural you, uh, saying the good Southern y'all. Um, talking about thinking about our identity together um, ultimately is you know the God brings us into his family and he's given us that word is the the common bond between us as we go out and are salt and light in the world and it, it made me think about um, even um, the days and times in which we live and the things that are so easy to divide us and to tempt us and um, just so thankful for a community of people around who love God's Word and find comfort there. And that, and that comfort, you know, I'm thankful for men in my life who um, n- not only just care about me and want to know how I am, but also comfort me with God's Word. You, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, it's a huge difference that we have even in how we love one another, you know, with with words and hymns and songs and and greetings that 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 foundation of who we are is we're supposed to be loving one another comes from that as well that, that we can't yeah. do it in absence of that yeah and that 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 sense of community is to me important and where study should happen in the in yes. the christian churches within the context of community right. where we're not isolated and where i felt that most severely was um i'd done seminary work and and too often liberals were made as straw men and mm-hmm. not dealt with fairly and wanted to look at some of that. And that's one of the reasons I went to Vanderbilt to do some graduate work, but not finding anyone in my classes who had a like mind towards scripture and its authority yeah. uh, became a very lonely place. And it was in the midst of that studying in a very, very liberal context where I came to the sense that, you know, scripture really needs to be studied in the context of believing brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. uh, for us to be able to adequately grasp, understand, and apply that word. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that. My dad, um, who's just is a wonderful, godly man, um, was at a was at a very liberal seminary. He didn't know it. He he was raised Roman Catholic, uh, came to the Lord, and uh, my mom was raised Southern Baptist, and so he just oh this is where this is how you do this, and uh, so it was interesting because. It was within that context that the mystery kind of the, the the question that came to his mind is like why are these why are these folks studying this they don't believe it and there was another student that he found that um who ended up being the president of some seminaries and things like that but it, it, he often talks about just the sweetness of their time in the word together because he found in the midst of that dry land somebody else who really believed that this was god's very word spoken to us and just yeah. that that just comforted yeah. them in the midst of that. Yeah. And I, I, I think you, you and I have had the opportunity to do some advanced studies mm-hmm. and seminary training mm-hmm. and, and relish what we get out of that. 
but it's what always comes back to mind for me is the people who know the word best there were a couple of little old women i've known i was going to ask you to tell that story they yes. they they simply knew the word because they read it with an open heart uh to to know to mm-hmm. know in, in a deep way uh and to, to fill this relationship. And I could always look at them, and they, they didn't have any Greek or any technical training, but they were women whose hearts was open to the, were open to the Lord. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it is, I'd say at a fundamental level, they knew Scripture at a, at a level that I, I didn't know if I would ever be able to attain, and I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a story, and then I'm going to ask you to tell the story. Um, you know which one I'm talking about, but... Uh, I'm, I'm t- one of the stories I'm going to tell is that um, uh, when I was pastoring at Crossroads, um, there was a man, Tommy Troxell, who had taught at Tennessee Temple. He had taught speech at Tennessee Temple, and he was going through Alzheimer's. And he got to the place to where uh, we would have Wednesday night Bible studies, and it was interactive. And he got to the place to where uh, he would do two things. Um, he would raise his hand, and and he got to where all he could say was David. He had a son that was not saved. And that we would pray for David, and and shortly after Tommy's death, David came to the Lord, which was a sweet, sweet moment, and a whole other kind of wonderful story. But the other thing that he would do is that he would he would just utter Bible phrases, and in this all-timer riddled mind, it would it would bring back the simplicity of the gospel. And his wife, after after he after he died. I would be up there, and I would be teaching, and I would try to be getting into all this stuff, this technical stuff. And Jackie would often raise her hand because I would ask, I would be asking what I thought were probing questions of, you know, why should we uh, live out this verse? And I would be wanting to go into all these, you know, big ideas. And Jackie would say over and over, which taught me so much, you know, Lewis, it's God's word, and I believe it. So when I hear from him that this is how I should live, that's how I'm living. And uh, she taught me so much. Um, and and you know, she would often afterwards come up and have questions or comments. And, and it was just that. It was years and years of just faithfully being in God's Word. And it was, it was just an honor to watch her husband finish well. And, you know, she still, I still get birthday cards and still see her from time to time. And uh, she, she's one of the most godly people I've ever met, and never had any form. She n- no formal training, just loves God's word. So the story, um, the woman on on the front porch, her and her husband. Okay, yes, I I worked at a store during college, a men's clothing store, and there was upstairs a woman who was the seamstress who did the alterations, older German woman, and got talking to her one time, and she was a committed believer and and just loved the Lord, but. Uh, her and her husband would often sit out on the porch in the rocking chairs and read scripture at night, each reading their own passages. And and uh, at one point they're reading one night, and he he says, "Oh, look at this! Isn't that interesting?" It says, "To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord." And he went back on and reading, and she looked up later, and, and he passed away. Mm. And to have those last words, I yeah. uh, hear his last words be that. Yeah, uh, was such an incredible comfort to her, mm-hmm. and a confirmation uh, that it was just a it was just a treasure to hear her talk about yeah. what that meant and what their times reading scripture meant to both of them. Yeah, and I maybe we'll end on this one. Probably one of the most influential people in my life was my grandmother and grandfather on my mom's side, and um, 
uh, when she passed away, I got her library, which was very small, very small. But um, the, the, one of the things I treasure the most, in fact, when I'm at home, it's still the Bible that I study from. Um, it's, it's her Bible. And the, the reason I love studying from it is that I will see her notes and her underlying, her handwriting. And, um, and it's just amazing to me here, this, this woman who graduated high school, lived through the Great Depression, raised a family, who I got to see. It was the easiest funeral I've ever preached. Mm-hmm. Her and my grandfather, easiest funeral you've ever preached. You just, read, you just read the Word. You read Proverbs 31, and that's my grandmother. But it's just a treasure to look in that Bible and to see the handwritten just nuggets of gold. That and, um, you know, it is, it's very evident that my family was prayed for quite often. She would oft, there would often be our names uh, alongside Bible verses, uh, you know, and, and mine probably most often was under the unruly children verses, you know, or something. But not, not really. She, she loved me to death. But she... Her her love for God's word just kind of just just became something that became contagious and uh, and just a hallmark in my life. So, um, was there anything else you felt like you wanted to share, John? I guess one of the things that's that's always on my heart, since this is open ended, mm-hmm. um, is is the importance for all of us uh, to treat the word with respect, mm. to respect the word. And that, that goes into how we go about handling that. And, and that my concern is we can often see, and, and we see it in other people outside our church easily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they're manipulating, they're twisting mm-hmm. Scripture. Mm-hmm. But the importance of us treating that word with real respect, which means not reading in, That's right. making it what we want, but, but diving in to hear. And, and just the simple image is the way you see people manipulate Scripture and do things with it. If you had written a letter and somebody started treating what you wrote in that way mm-hmm. and reading in all sorts of sudden hidden meanings, you'd be offended by that. Right. And would not God also be offended if we are twisting subtly his Scripture to make it what we want? Mm-hmm. Um, and that the, the call of all of us, fundamentally as we read in this study is is to treat God's word as God's word. And wouldn't you say a starting point for making sure you're not doing that is um, ha- having some sort of plan that that is very simple meaning if if I'm going to read um, the book of Galatians, if I want to read a passage out of Galatians I that I'm reading the whole book of Galatians. I'm getting trying to get the context. You you don't have to get the commentaries. You don't have to, but just just trying to understand what is Paul saying here. What what, what is he saying here? Because I think one of the things that happens to us is that if as we've heard sermons, as we've heard teachings, often a phrase or a verse will take us to oh boom this instead of really looking and saying okay what is this really saying? What what is this really saying? And I think. That and the whole idea of context um, becomes the most important driver yeah. in, in trying to avoid that. Yeah. Again, my analogy of, of a letter that you've written, if somebody took one verse of that or one sentence out of the middle of what it is and said, Lewis said this, 
it could be the act o- exact opposite of what you really meant when you read that sentence in the context of your letter. Right. So yeah, so it's it's the same thing. We we've, we've got to understand the little bit larger picture. And and then gradually going larger if we can from from Galatians to all of Paul's writings to the New Testament writings to its place in the Bible, but but it starts by being very careful with what we do. In the close passages, and I want to end with uh, I want to end with reading, um, uh, reading something from Second Timothy. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, expound on all this, but just to say, um, in Second Timothy chapter three, Paul is as he's writing to to Timothy, he's talking about that there's going to be difficult times that um, people are going to um, be led away. Um, that there's going to be um, people that are false teachers and this sort of thing. Um, evil in verse thirteen, but evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And in the midst of this, Paul lays out to Timothy, but you, however, but you, however, but you, however, and here in verse fourteen, I just want to read the last three or four verses. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which, is, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And this is what we, this is, you know, we... God is our Savior, and He has given us His Word, and we are to delight in that and to to live in it. So, John, thank you for this time together. Thank you.